0: You're listening to the DC Comics Chronicles, where we cover every adventure from the streets of Gotham, to the skies of Metropolis, and into the depths of Atlantis, with your hosts
1: Adam and Chris.
2: Welcome to another episode of the DC Comics Chronicles. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me is my co-host, Chris. Chris, how's it going? Doing
0: great, Adam. Happy to be joining you once again to talk some dc film stuff how are you doing tonight
2: i am doing well it's always fun when we have uh dc content to review especially a live action film because uh you know there's sometimes months years in between uh those occurrences so when we have it it's always fun and uh tonight we're going to review the long in development film version of the flash um that has been out for about 10 days now um and as usual when a dc films hits theaters chris chaos abounds on social media <laughs> but we'll talk about the actual film itself and our thoughts on it in in uh, after the break there's no brand new uh news regarding the dc uh universe or the dcu uh film uh slate uh in regards to what uh, james gunn uh, has in store that we don't know of already uh superman casting is getting close but we don't have that information so we're not going to spin our wheels speculating who who you know it could be we already know the candidates when the decision is made chris and i will uh share our thoughts with you on it um, but we have to be honest and we have to talk about the, the box office of The Flash, uh, and things are not going, uh, as anyone hoped or thought they would. The film is struggling, Chris, um, as of this recording domestically, it's made 87 point something million dollars, uh, close to 88. Uh, and uh, worldwide, it's made $211 million uh, or, or thereabouts. Uh, that is a far cry from the, you know, uh, the month prior to the film's release, you know, box office tracking websites were getting their long-range tracking of anywhere between $115 million and $130 million opening weekend domestically. That didn't happen, uh, obviously. Uh, and uh, when that doesn't happen uh, when uh, DC films DC film doesn't hit the mark that everybody thinks, hopes it should there is uh, pontificating and you know uh, people are doing what we do which is podcasts, they write articles think pieces etc etc on the whys uh, and hows of it all and within that Why and how, you often hear nonsense. So I'd like to try and give rational reasoning why I think we're in in this spot with The Flash. Uh, And then you can comment on what you think of my uh, thoughts on it. Uh, But let me give you my reasons first. Firstly, it'd be ridiculous to dismiss all the extracurricular uh, news, let's call it, and 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 rumor surrounding Ezra Miller and his uh, troubles. Uh, you know, he's been there. There have been claims that he's done some things. Uh, the the veracity and fact, the factualness of those claims. I'm not here to speculate or or say that they're true or not true. But that stuff has permeated to outside of the online comic book movie space, uh, and I think it's partially affecting, not fully, but partially affecting viewership of this film. And I can say that confidently because I've been told by uh, people outside of the Twitter sphere, let's say, that I know personally, that I haven't told anything about this drama, that they heard, they've heard, they heard on you know entertainment, news programming, and things of that nature, of Ezra Miller's issues.
0: It's been all over social media too, so anybody on Facebook or Twitter yeah. could could stumble across this stuff.
2: And when I've when I've asked if they plan on seeing the film, right, and they're they're casuals, they're not hardcore comic book fans, their answer is no, because of the Ezra Miller drama. So I have heard it firsthand from normies, let's say, if you will. So I think that's had an effect. How how partial or or, or, or fully it's had an effect, I can't say. But it's had some sort of effect in my opinion the other aspect is i think the connection of the flash and the very entrenched connection of the flash film to the dceu now hear me out on this This, and this has nothing to do with you love or hate the film so let, let me let me parse that out right now man of steel was divisive correct some people loved it some people hate it and then there's people smack dab in the middle, like pretty much me, even though I lean towards the uh, three quarters of it. Love it. Then came BVS, right? We know what happened in the second weekend of that film, correct? Like I'm not making that up and drop like a stone, right? There have been two instances where DC film connected to the DCEU has found massive, massive success. That is Wonder Woman at 800 and change million and our command that made somewhere over a billion correct is that fair that's fair to say and yes suicide squad did did surprisingly well
0: yeah i think that made like over 700 million which so yeah, that movie is so, really good
2: so that has to that has to count as well but now let me now let me, let me let me let me say this i can give you reasons why just quickly why those films did well man of steel was the first superman new superman film and a new continuity that didn't rely on the christopher reeve era okay and so that was the first film since 1987 that didn't rely on christopher reeve and that Mm -hmm. continuity plus if you remember the tv spots and trailers for for man of steel from uh, the producer of the dark Knight trilogy christopher nolan remember it was all over the so that's going to help your box office at that period in time christopher nolan was the, the, the the you know the 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 man around Hollywood, correct? Big big name, you know, big 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 cachet along there. That film made 150 million opening, and and did fairly well. Let's say. We know now through news outlets and things of that nature that it fell, you know, about, about 40 million shy of what WB expected. BBS opened huge. There's no denying that. You know, 400 something million worldwide. It was. It had, had things gone the way they, everybody thought they would, that thing would have made a billion. Should have, could have, would have made a billion. BDS, I don't care who made it. You know that that was guaranteed to open huge. And eight hundred and seventy-two million. Nothing to sneeze at. It's us call that what it is. It's it's a big number. But the studio, I guarantee you, and you can you can you can vouch for this. I can pretty much guarantee you that Warner Brothers wanted a billion dollars out of that movie correct it didn't do it so aquaman comes out does well wonder woman does what does well and by the way suicide squad how was it promoted joker was heavy in the promotion harley quinn first time ever in live action heavily in the promotion and that one scene with batman heavily in the promotion that that's gonna push it over the over the over the hump folks that's gonna that's gonna make it big But again, we we went from 115 with Man of Steel, 166 million opening weekend domestically for Big and 103 for Suicide Squad. You see where the trajectory is already going three films in? 115 to 166 is a jump, but then 166 to 103 is a drop. So Wonder Woman does well. Aquaman has the Christmas release. Again, here's why Wonder Woman did well. Pop culture icon before even appearing in BVS. Correct? Fair to say being okay. Gal Gadot was probably the most universally praised piece of that BVS movie. Correct? Everybody, yeah, liked,
0: everybody her. liked her.
2: Aquaman had Jason Momoa, who was a big star because of Game of Thrones and a Christmas release date, which helped big time and the Chinese market for whatever reason, absolutely loved that movie. And that propelled it uh, massively. You know, the Chinese market is big with underwater stuff. Like, look at, just look at Avatar. You, you know, so, um, so they're, are they're, they're clear. And Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot are likable leads. That helps your film. Unfortunately, with the Ezra Miller situation, that, that's a tough sell. You know if he's the face of your movie, or they're the face of your movie, excuse me, they're the face of your movie, that's a tough sell. So I think the DCU are starting on shaking ground with the first two or three movies being fairly mediocrely to negatively reviewed, and then you know, the box office of BBS, that doesn't help matters, right? So every subsequent film Beyond Wonder Woman, that was connected and Aquaman that was connected to the DCU, Struggled. There were no breakout hits. Like Shazam One did decent, nothing to write home about. Though in terms of box office. I like the movie, but in terms of box office, nothing to write home about, right?
0: But Shazam two absolutely cratered.
2: Shazam two cratered. Birds of Prey broke even. I'll give it that. It broke even, right? But again, is that what you want when you put when you put out a film? Probably not, correct? Am I am I wrong in saying that? I like I'm not a studio executive, but just a hunch you don't want to just break even so shazam 2 created uh birds of prey broke even um the suicide squad you can't really judge because it was released in the midst of a pandemic but i
1: will say it did very well on hbl max as did peacemaker so so those are the
2: two outliers but again those were released during the pandemic it, it, they're hard to quantify so What I'm saying is I think the connection of the DCE, the connection to the DCEU for The Flash and specifically keying in on, you know, the Man of Steel events, which were, you know, the Man of Steel was was controversial movie. If, If you're asking people, hey, remember this? Well, great. Yeah, the people that like it remember it. The people that didn't like it, why are they gonna rush out to see that revisited? You know what I'm saying? So the connection to the DCEU, I don't think did it any favors in terms of like the staunch connection. Aquaman and Wonder Woman had the same leads, but there weren't many references to the rest of the DCU in those movies, if you recall. So that kind of, you know, it was kind of out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Uh, so there's that. The other thing that I think is, is contributing is, you know, this, the changing viewership habits of people. Come you know, combined with competition. Like if you go to the movies now, your options are uh, the Spider Verse movie, uh, Transformers. There's uh, Little Mermaid. There's still Guardians of the Galaxy floating around, you know, doing well. Strong legs for that movie. And uh, there's one more, but I can't. I can't. Did I say Little Mermaid? Anyway. Yeah. There's about five or six movies, in addition to Flash, big movies, big temples, that you have an option to see, right? And with the streaming window getting ever smaller, there are going to be people out there that say, you know what? I just went to the movies last week. I'm not going again this week. I'll just wait for X or Y or Z film to hit streaming. The changing landscape of people's viewership, I think, is part of the reason. Again, these aren't all, you know, the main reason, they're they're part of the reason. And just, by the way, I just want to say, going back to the DCEU of it all, I'm not blaming simply Man of Steel and BBS performance for the thing. The, the, The subsequent patch job that the folks over at Warner Brothers of the previous regime tried to do to keep this this struggling you know continuity alive didn't help matters either so it was the decisions of the of the studio heads as well as the two movies that didn't didn't you know resonate with everybody it was, it's both those factors so i'm not just blaming zack snyder for anybody that's thinking that that's some of the warner brothers decisions after that movie didn't help matters either like i think hear me out chris as great as aquaman is as much as i love it and the fact that it did so well that's great for dc but I think it was also a hindrance because if that didn't hit a billion, they would have hit the reboot button sooner.
0: And we still have the the sequel to look forward to coming up later this year. Right,
2: which I'm still going to watch and I'm still excited for. The last thing I think that, that contributed to this, in a aside to people's viewing habits, is the announcement of a reboot. Now that affects more, you know, the online space than general audiences who don't follow this stuff but I think it has an effect. There are some people that are out there saying, well, if this doesn't count, why am I going to bother going to the theater to watch it?
0: Right. Because it's not enough to just enjoy a movie for the two and a half hours that that is on the screen. It has to be part of something else in order for you to care about it.
2: You and I can enjoy a movie, but like that, because we're used to it. Like we grew up in the day where here's a Batman movie. We don't know if there's going to be another one you better watch it and enjoy it and, and take it all in because you don't know but i think that's part of it so to me all these factors are are a reason why i don't buy the superhero fatigue bullshit because guardians and the spider-verse movie tell you otherwise right i don't buy the idea that oh the general audience only cares about batman really because there's two of them in the flash why aren't they showing up if
1: that's the case so I don't think it's that either. So that I that's mean, not-
0: I, I think everything that you mentioned is uh, a legitimate uh, like factor that's going into this, and uh, you know, and then you also have like the Snyder Bros who are saying like I won't support anything DC if it's yeah. not bringing back the Snyderverse. So they're gonna cut themselves off from any potential. Uh, you know enjoyment or joy or fulfillment that they could get from watching a movie because it
2: doesn't
0: It doesn't exist in in the continuity that they wanted to exist in
2: And what's funny is this is the one that's most that I think is most respectful Of what's what came before because it's so connected to man of steel, right. And you know, it has ben affleck in an awesome sequence Uh, it, it has gal Gadot. So I mean, it's like the most connected of the bunch and yet there are people out there that won't support it because well i'm not getting the five film plan okay that's fine but again like and to me th- there is now a there is now a a call from from again because the sky is falling chris so there's a call from some fans well just just send aquaman and blue beetle to HBO max and and here's the other part of it delay superman legacy Now, folks, there's an 18-month delay between Aquaman 2 and Superman Legacy. There's plenty of time to market Superman Legacy as not being connected to what's come before. I don't think the box office for The Flash is going to affect James Gunn's plans. Because James Gunn cannot be crucified for this movie.
0: That had nothing to do with it.
2: Yeah. So what i'm saying to what i'm suggesting is this james gunn's main focus is to make the best movie you can possibly make the best superman movie you could possibly make and if you do that and market it correctly
1: to to signify that it's not connected to what came before i think it'll be fine but his main focus should be how can I make the best Superman movie possible? Matt Reeves did that, had that same mentality with the Batman and look at how that turned out. So let's just relax. The sky's not falling. I think the, the DCEU brand, the DCEU brand is hurt,
2: but I think you, you start putting out you know, movies that are disconnected from
1: the old continuity. And I think we'll be okay. We just gotta relax. It's unfortunate that The Flash isn't performing well, but if you loved it, you could still love it.
2: I think as much as David Zaslav and James Gunn championed that film, in the back of their minds, given everything that's going on, they they probably knew that this might be a possibility
0: yeah i don't think anyone really saw it coming in at 55 million opening weekend like even going into the weekend i was seeing estimates that were revised down to like 70 million and it still came in 20 percent below that yeah um but you know you're right they just they you know this is the old regime it's not the people who are in charge now who made this movie um and so we just have to look forward to what they're giving us next. And, you know, and and uh, like you said, Superman Legacy is the beginning of that.
2: One final thing before the break, Chris, I want to get your opinion on this. Because here's mine. Before The Flash came out, it was announced that Andy Musieri would, would direct uh, The Brave and the Bold. I would still keep him on as director because he did fantastic with the Batman portions of this movie, which we'll get into um but also given everything this movie went through with with reshoots delays you know the pandemic the whole nine
1: yards the fact that it even came out and was as good as i think it was is a minor miracle
0: it had a lot going against it
2: so i would keep him on the brave and the bold i think that's a good hire what are your thoughts
0: yeah, I mean, um, you know, I enjoyed what he did with this film. Spoilers for what we're about to talk to <laughs> talk about. Um, but, you know, I think that he has a good understanding of character. And I'm interested to see what he could do with uh, kind of a blank slate to do a, a Bat family sort of project. Because mm. um, we saw his take on two different Batman in this movie. But... We didn't see anything on the extended family beyond that and the Gotham verse so right. I am uh, Yeah, I, I think it I think he's a good choice You know, it's interesting that they made the call before they even saw the returns of this movie. They're already uh, seem seem to have uh, Found their guy that they want taken on that property and I think it's a good hire I'm interested to see what he'll do.
2: I think that's more of a vote of confidence to him and them saying, "Look, whatever happens here, if it doesn't go well, it's not your fault. Like there are other factors involved here. Like you know, you did your best." And 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 again, I think they had found if if him directing Brave and the Bold was dependent on Flash's box office, they wouldn't have announced it the day before the film came out. Right. Um, so, and besides,
1: listen, here's all here's the last thing I'll say on this. When. Before Dune came out, Blade Runner twenty forty nine came out, and that didn't do hot at the box office. And
2: Denis Villeneuve was given Dune, and wasn't fired. So, you know, if he can get more projects after after a disappointment uh, from the same studio, why can't uh, why can't Andy Musieri? So, I think it's a good hire. I think that'll be fine, and I think he's a good choice. And we'll tell you why he's a good choice when we discuss more of the bad portions in the flash, which we'll do right after the break. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: What's up everyone. It's the Emerald enthusiast for all of your multiverse viewing and listening needs, check out our shows, which include Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, Power Rangers, the Marvel universe and the DC universe, including the Emerald echo podcast. You can check us out on Podbean, and remember to subscribe right here on YouTube. That's the Multiverse Musings Podcast Network. From the first podcast to the last.
2: And we're back, and as promised, we are going to finally review uh, the Flash film, which has been long-awaited. This movie was announced, I think, in 2015. Uh, A
0: long time ago
2: and it's now 2023 and here we are and it's
0: been so many different creative teams
2: again like i said earlier the fact that it came out and came out this good is a minor miracle um so chris i gotta say um the beginning of this movie that it's a quasi mini uh it's a it's a flash batman team up but also a mini justice league mission was a lot of fun yeah and it reminded me a lot of the justice league animated series the the, just the interactions uh and you know the way they used the speed force effect i thought was really good in this opening sequence um so you know we've got a situation in gotham the bear gets called to uh batman is chasing down Falcone's son i believe uh, because he's gonna release uh, he's got he's stolen a pathogen that if released would you know uh cause so many people to die uh meanwhile there's uh, to 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 gather that that pathogen uh there was an he caused an, uh, Fal- i think falcon jr caused an explosion at gotham general which bruce calls on barry to kind of get under control uh, and so that's what we're seeing we're seeing ben affleck's batman chase down falcon on his bat cycle while flash uh tries to minimize the damage at the hospital uh the hospital building begins to collapse and flash has to save subsequently a ward of babies (laughs) from falling out a window um so i gotta say i love the batman action of it all the batman action sequence um i thought this was some of the coolest uh chase sequencing and and stuff that ben affleck ben affleck got to play a continuation of that like the 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 hero batman um you know which we saw uh parts of in 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 justice league either version but you know in a a full-on justice league batman is sort of relegated to uh you know minimal activity when he's battling aliens and things of that nature right but here we got to see him go full batman because he's battling you know falcon's son so he can really get into the nitty-gritty but just the way he moved uh the the the, the bat cycle if you want to call it that uh what did you think of all that from that perspective
0: oh i really like this opening sequence it was very action filled but there was also a level of humor uh especially yeah. when alfred <laughs> went when yeah alfred is great um um but you know when when time slowed down and barry was having to save all the babies and uh his wrist uh alarm goes off telling him he is dangerously low on calories and uh he passes by the babies to go raid the snack machine and get as many calories in his body as he can and then he's back to the business of saving babies even one that he uh puts in a a a microwave like a little baby burrito
2: well and and again there's a lot of uh, there were people taking this scene out of context oh they're putting babies in a microwave okay one, the microwave was not plugged in, True. two, it was to save the baby from getting hit by collapsing debris. Like it wasn't any thing meant to be disturbing or no. disgusting. He's saving a baby's life. You fools. Like, I don't understand the, the problem with it, but I, I, I agree with that. I think visually you look good. Like we've had, we've had nine seasons of the flash show, which, you know, I loved a lot of it. But I think this, in terms of showing the, the speed force and, and, and that kind of velocity, but also slowed down, was on another level. I really appreciate it. I, I think that was a, an eye-catching opening sequence.
0: Uh, yeah, you can see the increased production value over something like the, the CW series, for sure.
2: And then we got the, war, the Wonder Woman rescue, uh, where she saves Batman from you know, dangling off the side of a bridge. Yeah, I like. I
0: was uh, really excited to see Wonder Woman show up because, thankfully, that had not been spoiled for me going into the movie, so mm-hmm. I didn't know she was going to be in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I did kind of grimace a little bit when they uh, Replayed her lasso of truth joke, you know in Justice League. We saw it with Aquaman Whereas this time it was with Bruce, Mm -hmm. uh, you know talking about his deep-seated feelings and stuff like that So, I mean I understand why it's there and it got a good chuckle in the theater But for me, I was like, yeah, we've already done that. Do we need? Yeah,
2: that's fair. That's that's fair Uh, but uh, for me, it's more just them working together Mm-hmm. again it really it really felt like and their friendship the, between the three of them
0: and they explain why superman can't be there they show yeah. like a news clip where he's off dealing with something else so that the, you know that's the reason they don't have the full justice league and the reason cyborg's not there is because ray is banned from warner brothers for the rest of his life
2: well, uh, partially by his own nonsense. Oh, yeah but I, yeah uh but i digress um but um, so I I just liked the camaraderie between the three of them, mm. uh, more so than the joke. But the camaraderie between the three of them, yeah. And again, it reminded me of the cartoon. Um, so then we get into the speech where Barry tells Bruce about you know being able to travel so fast that he can travel back in time, and you know, there's the reference to Zack Snyder Justice League, uh, what he did there, right? There's right. A small reference to that and you know he says you know i could save my mom I can, uh, my parents and i could save your parents and that's when bruce tells him the whole you can destroy if you do that you could also destroy everything And he's like you know the scars we have we're meant to to keep them and move forward we're, we're not meant to you know to, to fix them and he goes there's nothing broken with you to go back and fix and i thought you know That was a poignant exchange because it reinforces the bond that the two of them have, uh, you know, and when Bruce even, you know, admits to Barry that, you know, that the obsession with his parents situation has led him to be lonely, uh, I think is very poignant. And, you know, Barry's like, well, we can hang out more. We can, you know, we can go to dinners and stuff like that. And it's like, maybe next time kid. And, and that's the last time we see ben affleck's batman but i thought it was a very emotionally charged way to go out and it just echoed the 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 mentor mentorship kind of relationship that bruce and barry had and i, I really like to see right um so then you know we get a, a bit of barry and iris and, and, and for the most part i thought there were a couple of scenes where you know she helps them kind of get the idea about, about how to go back in time without interfering with you know anything even though that's not how it works out but for the most part i thought iris's stuff was kind of take it or leave it like yeah if she wasn't in the film like it wouldn't have really changed much of anything Yeah, no. right but you know he he does and i like the way they played her off as a, as a like it wasn't an automatic oh my god like he's head over heels for her and he can't think straight when she's around and you know it was more friendship that if there would have been more could have evolved into something later down the line than just hey straight away we're in love with each other and and that's all we could think about you know like i'm glad it was more of a friendship kind of scenario um but ultimately and and
0: they do uh kind of uh, give a little background on that apparently they um were sort of college classmates i don't know if they were actually friends but they knew of each other from college so you know that explains that there might have been um a little attraction that existed before now but just never he he never really acted on it or whatever
2: Mm -hmm. yeah but but, and again like i said i love that i I like that it wasn't a full-on love uh, uh you know love interest like right from the word goal you know what i mean um and Nothing against Kiersey Clemens. I think if she had more to do, she could have done a good job, but it just, it just wasn't, she didn't feel like an, uh, that much of a necessity to the plot that we were about to go on.
0: No, the, the very Iris relationship isn't central to the story they're telling in this movie. Which, which is
2: a nice change from the nine years of the TV show where Iris says, you well, know, we're the flash, which I'm like, still, <sighs> it's a cringeworthy piece of dialogue, but I digress um so barry comes up with a bright idea that because they give a little backstory about his mom and and how she died so basically she had forgot an extra can of tomatoes to make tomato sauce at the grocery store and she sends barry's dad to go get the, the can of tomatoes while he's out she's murdered and he comes home i guess touches the, the knife and you know ends up getting blamed for it et cetera, et cetera. so there's video footage but it because barry's father has his a hat on and his head down you never see his face so that's not enough to exonerate him. so barry comes up with the bright idea of well if i go back and just make sure she doesn't forget that extra uh, can of tomato sauce and i do it in a way where i don't interact with her then it'll it'll assuage bruce's fears because i won't interact with anybody but i'll be changing it enough that she'll still be alive so that's what he goes and does and he basically slips the extra while she's not paying attention slips the extra tomato jar uh, uh, into her cart and and away he goes on his travels back to through the speed force uh back to and, and I love when he's traveling he could see the events that he's already gone through Yeah, like we see stuff from justice league Right, uh, and all that kind of jazz and it's done in a way like it doesn't look It looks like computerized like it like you could tell But it's meant to look that way because it's like this speed force vision if you will uh,
0: uh Yeah, it's not I, supposed to be photorealistic. Everything's kind of uh, off kilter a little
2: bit, and I like that there was a differentiation there. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so as he's going through the timeline to go to go back to to go back forward into present day, this is going to get weird. Um, he gets he starts getting chased by this this dark flush, um, and then he gets knocked, you know, awry, and then he gets knocked as, out of the speed force yeah.
0: into a in different point in time yeah. than where he was trying to go he yeah he it's somewhere in the middle of where he was as a as as a child yeah. at, at the grocery store and what we would consider to be present day
2: yeah so he goes he he goes to his house and his mom and dad are alive and well not and dead
0: and not in jail
2: they're asking him how was school i guess college at this point and and this is where barry starts to realize wait a minute something's not right in kansas you know we're not in kansas anymore and then as he's saying oh school is fine he's coming up with the excuse he looks out the window and sees his younger self and then proceeds to go tackle his younger self to avoid avoid you know uh, getting caught in this weird scenario. And then there's the whole thing of them meeting each other, you know, and sort of our berry explaining to Younger Barry what the hell is going on, uh, which is pretty funny. Um, and our younger berry is very much like the berry that we saw in Justly more immature uh um what's the word i'm looking for uh i don't mean this in a bad way annoying uh you know what i mean uh and 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 so it very much harkens back to that justice league iteration of Barry, the theatrical justice league iteration of Barry, but also slightly more immature because he hasn't gotten any powers or Hasn't gone gone through the experiences of uh, what Arbery has gone through, and I will yeah, say he's a
0: freshman in college, right? So, yeah, so you yeah, know, he's, a, t- he's a typical eighteen-year-old yeah. kid.
2: They're not mature. Let's let's call it what it is: a spade a spade. Um, and you know, Ezra Miller, going all the way back to Justice League, hasn't been my favorite casting of the of the Justice League characters. I'll I'll, I'll freshly admit that. You know, honestly admit that. However
1: i'll give props where props are due they did a fantastic job at playing the dual roles like
2: i got the impression like i i bought i bought into the idea that these are two different people
0: yeah i think they did a really good job with it i think the the um the storyline uh led itself to two berries being on screen at the same time for the majority of this movie and I think they pulled it off really well.
2: Right. Um,
1: and then um, th- he realizes that to not change anything even
2: further, this Barry needs to be hit by lightning. So he has to recreate like where he was at that moment in time. So he takes him to the lab. You know the 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 star, uh, star Central City. I'm getting my I'm getting my locations mixed up here. My DC fan card is going to be taken away. Um, so he takes him to the lab um, through all kinds of shenanigans. Both berries get hit by the lightning, um, and the corresponding after effects of that is. Uh, younger Barry
1: has speed powers, our Barry doesn't have speed powers any longer.
2: Uh, and so then as they're trying, as they're both trying to come to grips with this, our Barry realizes, or they, they, they see on the, on the,
1: a news report of the Zod arrival from man of steel. So. Barry's big idea is, oh, we'll just go find Superman and he'll, he'll
2: fix this. And younger Barry's like, what's a Superman? Because Superman has not made himself public at this point. So then the two berries are, or our Barry along with younger Barry is on a mission to, all right, we got to find, um, find Superman. So then we get the, the. So, current day Barry is playing around with his powers. He's all excited, you know, all the nonsense, and he's going through all that, which is very fun, very funny. Having Barry kind of give himself his younger self tutelage is pretty funny because he's he's now in the Bruce Wayne role The Ben Affleck's Batman had to play in Justice League of trying to you know rein him in and you know get him to to focus. Um, all the while trying to find where Clark is, so they go back to younger Barry's apartment. All these Clark Kent's, none of them live in Kansas, lived in Kansas.
0: 13,000 Clark Kent's in America,
2: yeah, yeah, and seems like one, a lot, and not one of them is a Superman. So, uh, that explains why the world is in the state it is, you know, in our world and in the fictional world. Um, but so Clark Kent is not an option. So he's like, all right, Wonder Woman. Well, Wonder Woman is a is a is a um uh, a medium in Vegas, I believe, if correct. And it's not galgalo by any stretch of the imagination. So it's like, all right, we'll call Arthur, we'll call Aquaman. To which there's jokes about what is he, a fish man, right? You know, and um so he calls Arthur Curry. And we find out that no, he calls Thomas Curry. Sorry, Thomas Curry. Yeah, yeah Arthur's Arthur's dad. Yeah, Arthur's dad. And he's like, uh, "Can I talk to Arthur?" And he's like, "You want to talk to my dog?" And he's like, "Aren't you a lady housekeeper?" And he's like, "Yeah." Didn't you marry the Queen of Atlantis? And he looks over at his wife, and it's not Nicole Kidman; it's somebody in sweatpants and uh, eating a plethora of snacks. So he basically hangs up on Barry because he thinks it's a, it's a prank call. All the while we meet younger Barry's, uh, co apartments. Inhabitants, I believe they are, uh, and it's a bunch of, you know, college people getting drunk and stoned and you, typical, typical, you know, college, uh, kid cliches. But there was one exchange that I think is pretty funny, and that is the whole thing about Back to the Future, and how our Barry is like firmly staunch in the belief that, yeah, that's Michael J. Fox because he's like, oh, good, at least you have Back to the Future here. Like some things, that I he's like, yeah, Michael J. That was one of Michael J. Fox's best ones, and the, and the one stoner guy is like Michael J. Fox. He's like, you mean Eric Stoltz? Which was a nice, funny. Um, Play on the fact that for six weeks in in the real world, Eric Schultz filmed scenes as Marty McFly for Back to the Future. So I thought that was very, very cool. I like that.
0: Yeah, it was a good nod, and it was a it was a funny joke that they uh, played out for uh, a a good few laughs there. I liked
2: it. Right, it was a good joke, and then he's like, "Well, does Batman exist in this world?" And then one of the one of the roommates does the i Batman voice, and she's like, of
1: course he exists. And they're like Barry's like, Great, our Barry's like, great, we'll go get Batman. Batman will fix this. So they go to Wayne Manor. Off to Wayne Manor, they go, and it's
2: the Tim Burton Wayne Manor. Um, but
0: it is in a slight state of disrepair from what we remember.
2: It is in a little bit of shambles. But I like that we, when we get in there, we're trying to. There's no art.
0: There, there's, there's, um, there's just an old, kind of out of the game Bruce Wayne living yeah. by himself there, and there's no Alfred to make sure everything gets taken care of at the house.
2: See what happens when you don't have an Alfred? But you know, the cool thing was when we, when we go in, we see the room with the statues. Remember from '89? I like that little touch how we pass the room with the statues yeah that was um cool. the entrance of Bruce Wayne into the proceeding where he tries to defend his home with a frying pan frying pan uh, was funny, but kind of proved that he's still he was still badass yeah uh, and I like how they called back to the moment where so Bruce throws the frying pan as if it's a battering. And I believe it's Young Barry, like, catches it like our Barry did in Justice League, caught the Batarang. It was a parallel Nazi, which I, li- which I liked. Uh, so then they go through the whole explainer. Uh, he says that I haven't been Batman in years because Gotham is safe. It's one of the safest cities in America. It doesn't need Batman anymore. Um, uh, the Barry or Barry tells him about Superman, and that's where we learn that there is you know, there, there is a Kryptonian uh, captured by the Russians, right? Um, they go through some more conversations. At first, Bruce wants no part of it, but then, you know, uh, the two Berries go down in the back cave anyway and use the computer to try and you know figure stuff out. Bruce is watching from, you know, the ma- upstairs in the manor and, you know, Barry, Arbery makes an impassioned plea about being sorry that Alfred's gone. And talks about, you know, at least some things are the same. You know, there's always an Alfred. And, and I'm sorry for your loss. And so the mention of Alfred kind of gets Bruce back in the game. Uh, so Bruce agrees to help them. And, and the first way they think of doing that is to kind of get Arbery his powers back. So we get the scene of, you know... Bruce helping Barry electrocute himself, uh, you know, uh, and it doesn't work uh, at first.
0: I really liked the um, bat shaped kite that they use. Yeah, that was cool that to was conduct cool. the electricity from the lighting. That was really neat.
2: Now, before so, so I jumped ahead before the actual experiment of getting in this power back, they go save the Kryptonian, correct? Um, right.
0: So they discovered through the computer uh, that uh, a an unidentified ship landed uh, somewhere about 30 years ago. Mm. And the they track it to, uh, is it Siberia? I believe yeah. it's in Russia, I it's, but I think it's yeah. in Siberia. Right. I think to you're correct. An, under, a, an underground fortress where um, this being is being held, and as comic book readers and as Flashpoint readers, we know it is so that the kryptonian will be kept out of the sun so their powers cannot generate
2: yeah uh,
0: and that the, the rescue sequence is intense man it's one of my favorite um sequences in the film
2: i, I gotta
1: tell you man watching michael keaton's batman during that rescue sequence was phenomenal uh, seeing him move like that i
2: know a lot of it was cgi i'm not stupid
0: oh yeah understand? and stuntman
2: yeah yeah i understand a seven-year-old can't actually move like that but it was it's a comic book movie That's we're about awesome. to have fun with these things and it was a lot of fun and i'm gonna go out on a limb and say remember last week we did uh or last time we recorded we did our top batman moments in live action film Mm-hmm.
1: The, the the the
2: Supergirl rescue is up there.
1: It's on par. <laughs> um, uh,
2: so then they do rescue Supergirl and we have the you know they get caught, you know, they're they they're, they're surrounded. And then Supergirl makes, or you know, Kara, at this point makes her big entrance. She just demolishes the soldiers, uh, you know, in, in confused rage, which is often part of the course with the Supergirl that's just been discovered, uh, whether it's Flashpoint or continuity or regular continuity or what have you. Uh, so she saves them. She's brought back to Wayne Manor. Um,
1: we also see zod causing the chaos um at first
2: when supergirl comes to she find realizes the lay of the land what's going on she tells them that yeah i'm not i'm not kala i'm kara uh and then she sees on and she's like you know at first she's reticent of how she doesn't agree to help them because of what the humans did to her so she takes off and figures i'll take care of this myself and goes and she's about to confront zod and she sees how he's wantingly you know just killing soldiers and, and things of that nature and she eventually goes back but that's when we see it's after that point where we see the thing with barry where they do the experiment with the kite it fails and that's when supergirl comes back and flies him up to the sky a shot the, that
0: everyone yeah. saw in the trailers yeah, and, and yeah. wondered who is that being carried by Supergirl yeah it's and, our Barry
2: yeah it's our Barry, and uh, so she he, she he doesn't he's rescued and then uh, you know she talks about about um, uh, about you know how Krypton is not a violent was not a violent place it was a peaceful place it was about it was all about hope and because Barry, the two berries and Bruce showed kindness to her she agrees to help them take on Zod Uh, that's when we have um, uh, uh, the alternate Barry make his costume from the uh, the remains of of an old uh, Batman Returns costume
1: yep
2: um that's where we get the you want to get nuts let's get nuts scene uh which i still smiled when i heard it even though i heard in the trailers it didn't matter um and you know so there's also some emotional tension here because the the berry from the past finds out why our berry is here and he finds out that his mother dies so that gives him an increased motivation. Uh, and I like how our Barry blurted blur, blur it out because that Barry was still not taking things seriously and being an idiot. And so in a fit of anger, he's like, you know, you take everything for granted. Uh, you know, you think you're so cool. You think you're so, and it gets around to, you know, I wish I still had mom. And that's what, you know, eventually he finds out and that sort of sets him straight to like wanting to help out. So then it's off to
1: to you know the battleground i guess you will right? the desert where they all confront Zod. you know
2: michael keaton via uh, michael Keaton's batman via the, uh, the batwing yeah which is super
0: the, cool in this movie
2: oh uh, it's so awesome uh the way it moves it's bigger obviously seats three people uh the way the
0: pilot seat inside the pod stays stationary as the batwing rotates around it
2: yeah, that was really cool yeah i like that um and then the two berries uh, take on the kryptonian some of the kryptonians while while the car goes directly after zod now the cool thing is our berry telling younger berry that while the kryptonians are stronger um they are faster so they can you know as long as they don't get caught by them they can they you know they can do some damage they can at least hold them off long enough for supergirl to get to zod well supergirl
1: takes on zod and that's where uh, she learns that zod intercepted
2: kowal's baby kowal's ship and tried to extract the codex out of him but in the process killed him uh, so that's why superman ain't around in this universe
0: he says uh, the infant did not survive yeah um, pretty chilling it was It was. Very, i mean michael shannon he's not in this movie a lot but when he's in there like he does his work
2: and he's one of the best dc eu villains that we've had in this whole 10 year 10 year run um, so you know supergirl gets a, uh, some good hits in uh, a lot of good hits mm-hmm. um she almost she, well she does impale him with that with a with a some kind of pipe or, or some kind of remnants from a ship that is in, like looks like a pipe of some sort um but then she makes the mistake of of freeing him uh and we learn that She's the one in this universe that has the codex embedded with her in, in her. Um, so Feora comes in, saves Zod and subdues Supergirl long enough uh, for Zod to extract to, to stab her with that extraction device and get the codex.
1: Uh, meanwhile, um Batman
2: tries to attack Zod's main ship. Its defensive
1: uh,
2: its defenses uh, kick up and start firing. So, in, an, in realizing that he's got no hope, he's like, "Well, if I'm gonna go down, you're coming with me." And he takes out the ship. And so he in like, a
0: suicide he, mission with yeah, yeah, with yeah, Batman,
2: exactly, exactly. And the two Barrys, seeing this, were like, "No, no, no! We're not gonna let this stand." let's go back a few minutes and and try and change this so each one's got their mission uh, one Barry's is going to save bruce the other one's going to save supergirl that's the plan so they go
1: back a few minutes uh Kara still gets stabbed with the codex removal device
2: this time batman gets you know is, is taken out of the Batwing, you know, descends down, but I think, I, can't, I, I guess it was Namek, the big, tall-ass Kryptonian from Man of Steel. Uh, he, ba- uh, Batman's fighting him. Again, there's some cool moments for Batman, but ultimately, he's against the Kryptonian with no Kryptonite. He gets uh, mortally wounded. Um, and, uh, you know, Barry says something like to the effect of, I think it was Arbery where he says, I, I tried to bring you back, meaning, I tried to go back and stop this. And uh, uh, Bruce, Bruce says, you already did, meaning, getting him back into the world as Batman was the way of bringing him back. And he's like, oh, I can go back and fix it." He's like, no, no, he goes, maybe, you know, he goes, the world, the world needs Batman. He goes, maybe it's another time, kid. So he echoes what Ben Affleck told him in in the previous timeline so our flash realizes that these are fixed points in this timeline the only way to correct them is to go back and stop his mother from living essentially so he starts going back younger barry won't accept that and, and wants to you know stop all this from happening so he keeps going you know, around and around, trying to fix things, and what we realize is that he's gone back so many times, and for in flash time, so many years, that the younger Barry essentially becomes the Black Flash that we saw knock Barry off course earlier on. So now there's three of them, and they're all having this philosophical conversation about, listen, as much as we want our mom the we can't let this stand right so they're having this philosophical debate and then you see like the 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 multiverse is collapsing as they're having this this heart to heart and we see different areas of the multiverse so what we see George Reeve's Superman from the Adventures of Superman TV series and when I heard the you know the intro it's a bird it's a plane and I, I'm a like, like i was smiling like a like like a, like a six-year-old right I, I, yeah. then we saw it was Superman, 66.
1: 66
2: was it was that first yeah because i think it went in chron- chronological order i think you're right we heard caesar romero's joker laughing and saying something like, and we saw uh adam west batman which again was still smiling then we saw uh helen's later supergirl and then descending beside her is christopher reeve superman my smile got bigger by this point i'm looking like the freaking joker from 1989. i was so happy and then we got something that i honest to god i never thought i'd see in my lifetime we see superman from behind his cape flowing long hair and he's fighting a giant mechanical spider and i I believe it's a thanagarian snare beast Yeah, well well, that's what yeah that's what kevin smith calls it so as i'm seeing this from behind i'm like
1: this is all they're not he's not going to turn around because in my head i'm like there's no way that they got nicholas cage to come and do this he turns
2: around and and it's nicholas cage's superman Fighting that giant against snare beast, as Kevin Smith calls it. Now,
1: all these cameos made me happy, Chris.
0: Yeah, it was really cool to see.
1: I don't know how, if you're a DC fan, you could not watch that and smile. But instead, what have we been treated to since then? Oh. The
2: CGI looked terrible. It didn't. But when you leak shit via a cell phone, of course it's not going to look great. You morons. That's number one. Number two,
1: here's the other complaint I heard. Bringing back dead actors, it's necromancy. To which I reply, where was that complaint when Star Wars did it in Rogue One? Or the last Fast and the Furious movie?
2: When we saw Paul Walker's face, I didn't hear those complaints. But now, because DC has done it, it's necromancy. The other thing I'd like to—and you correct if I'm wrong, Chris—when they use this this kind of technology for deceased people, I'm pretty sure they have to get the 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 the, the consent of. The estate or the family member correct
0: I believe so although I bet those rules are gonna change with actors now signing contracts that will um, you know allow certain studios to use their likenesses later on in life like I'll bet I'll bet that's being written in the contracts like right now but that didn't that technology didn't exist 30, 40 yeah. years ago, sure. for these instances that we're talking about, so I think you're right in that for people who have already passed, it has to be in some way um, like uh, okayed by their descendants so, or their. So state. if
2: so, if these cameos are in there, they've been okayed, and I'm okay with it. Now, had Christopher Reeve Superman and so and Helen, well Helen is alive, so it's a different ballgame. But Helen Slater's, let's just say. Chris Reed Superman, for the sake of the argument, had he come out of that, uh, out of his portion of his universe, and interacted with the three berries, and helped in the climax of the movie and started talking, maybe I would have had a little bit more problem with it. Maybe it would have been a little creepier. I don't know. I, I can only say that
1: if if that actually happened, but for the milliseconds that we got of him, I was happy to see him. Yeah. You know, I never thought I was going to see Nick Cage
2: as Superman battling that spider. Back in 1997 or 98 when that movie fell apart. I don't know that I wanted it. Like I was very scared of that movie coming out. You know, how's that going to be? I like seeing it here. And yeah. if they did an animated movie based on that movie, like a director, DVD, I'd I'd happily watch it so I love that as a lover of DC history I loved all that stuff it made me happy uh so then in the end you know our Barry wins out and decides I'm going to go back and change this you know and he's got all kinds of like he's got all kinds of garb to disguise his face right and there's one moment where he he interacts with his mother uh and she sees him and um she sees that he's getting emotional uh so she offers him words of encouragement because he says you know i i, I miss my mom and blah, blah 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 and she says i'm i'm sure that your mother would be proud of you and so he, she goes in and gives him a hug i gotta say i was getting very emotional at these at these scenes like i had tears in my eyes um they were very effective, uh, and Ezra and um, and the actress who played his mother had fantastic chemistry. I, I thought it was really heartfelt, uh, and it, it really showcases the, I think, the the character evolution for Barry Allen, like how far he's come since we first saw him in Justice League, whichever version you want to watch like there's character growth there and he's making the hero sacrifice you know the, the sacrifices that these heroes have to make right like you know for the greater good of the universe i have to let my mother go uh i, mean, I thought it was very powerful and then kudos to both actors for the performances they gave um um So then we get to the end of the film like the final we're at the courthouse um thanks to Wayne enterprises uh there's the cleaned up footage that now shows that barry's dad was getting the tomato can the extra tomato can at the time that his mother was being murdered so he's exonerated uh there's a scene where well in, and the get...
0: reason the reason that we can see his face now is because even though barry goes back and takes the can of tomatoes out of his mom's cart mm. so that she still forgets it leading yeah. to her death instead of putting it on the bottom shelf he where the tomatoes it, yeah. had been he rearranges the shelf so that the cans are on the top so now camera, when yeah. that footage sees his dad his dad isn't looking down at the yeah, bottom he's looking, he's looking up, at yeah. the top yeah. so you can see his face now
2: so he's exonerated uh we get a scene at the courthouse steps with iris and barry you know she says you should ask me on a date that's fine she goes off on own merry way then he gets a phone call from bruce wayne he's like oh thank god i'm so happy to hear your voice I, I i can't wait to tell you everything i've been through he's like all right i'm pulling up now and the funny thing is the phone says bruce wayne yeah you, like the, the 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 voice is muffled so you can't like i couldn't tell I'm Like. Is that Ben? Affleck? I can't tell if that's Ben Affleck's voice. I can't tell if it's my Ruquin's voice. I don't know whose
1: voice that is. And the car pulls up. It's the same car that it's Ben Affleck's car.
2: Out. You see the, the Bruce Wayne's legs. You see people crowding him. And then all you hear is Barry say, Who the F is that? The crowd parts. <laughs> and. George Clooney's Bruce Wayne walks up to Barry. And he goes, wait a minute, he goes, you're not, you're Bruce Wayne? Go, oh no, he goes, You're Batman? And and Bruce looks at him and says, Barry, what's wrong with you? And then smiles, and and, and that's basically the end credits of it all. Um I've got no problem with George Clooney showing up at this in this post-credit scene. No, oh, it's cool. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a nice nod to his tenure as, as Batman, even though, look, it's not the best film, but he's part of the Batman legacy, and, that, and I'm glad that that was acknowledged. Um, and and
0: uh, not only is it acknowledging the, his part in the Batman legacy, but in the context of the film, it's showing Barry that even though he tried to make things, quote, normal again, he still he still yeah. changed things by moving the tomato cans. And now because of that, there's a new third Bruce Wayne coming into his life. Yeah. Um uh, so he is he has altered his his present slash future even uh by doing something as small as changing the where the cans were located.
2: So I thought it was re- I thought it was really cool that that that, that, that you know George was there. Um uh, that he agreed to do it kind of signals I you know I've put that I put the negative connotations regarding my time in that role behind me uh you know um so good on him for doing it no I don't think that means that he is now going to be Bruce Wayne and brave and the bold I don't think that's what that means
1: it just it is what it is and
2: in the DCEU when it goes on in, in people's minds because it's not going to continue past this point uh, unless unless George Clooney shows up in Aquaman which I doubt, he, Aquaman too, which I doubt he's going to do now you know this is only going to this ends here and in our mind's eye when we think of, of this iteration of the Justice League just imagine that George Clooney's Bruce Wayne is Batman that's all it is then we get a, a post credits scene where it's really jolky and, and goofy with with Arthur Curry. He's drunk and he you know falls into a puddle of water. But the point of that scene is Barry is explaining that you know, in every universe you're you still look like you. There's a Bruce Wayne that's Batman, but he looks different in every universe. So that that jolky scene in and of itself is telling the audience, if they pay attention, that there are different Batmans, different continuities, and they all count. That's what that scene is saying. So, anybody worried, oh my God, they're going backwards in George Clooney's Batman? No, no, no. Just pay attention, and it's telling you. So, look, the fact that Aquaman was there, it was a goofy scene. And it's fun. Like, again, have fun with this stuff. It, it, I mean, it's, it's fictional. It's comic books. Have fun. It's okay. Not everything has to be dark and dour. was in fact there was a great balance of serious and fun in this movie It's okay to have both like it really is okay um so that's the end of the film so chris what are your what are your thoughts on the end before we before we i mean you touched on it already but
0: um you know i like the way they wrapped it up um it barry has learned a lesson about altering time for his own um purposes and the ramifications that it can have Mm -hmm. um in the con in the larger um conversation of the dc universe i'm not sure where this fits in as far as where we're going forward um but i'm glad we have this movie and i'm glad to i'm glad ben affleck had the opportunity to yeah, um yeah. and his Batman tenure on a little bit of a higher note. Great I'm glad that, yeah, after me. what happened with the Batgirl movie that we as the public got to see Michael Keaton's Batman um yeah, yeah. one last time, if it is indeed the last time. And uh I'm glad that we got to see a little bit of a fun joke with uh George Clooney giving a little bit of a callback to his time in the Batman costume. I'm sure that would I'm sure he was only on set for one day, but that was probably a fun day on set. And kudos yeah. to everyone for keeping their mouths shut because i didn't know about that going into the movie
1: yeah, um, yeah, yeah. i
0: had a good time with this movie man i saw it with my kids um mm. we saw it the saturday after it came out so i had to kind of avoid the internet for about two days yeah. going into it uh, my son is eight years old he loved the movie my daughter is 10 and after the movie she even said Dad, I didn't want to see this movie. I, I didn't want to tell you that because I knew you were excited for it. But I'm glad we went to see it because I really enjoyed it. So
1: that's awesome.
0: Everyone in my family had a good time with the movie. Um, yeah. It's one that, when it comes out for home ownership, I will buy it on 4K. I'll, I'll put my money where my mouth is because I yeah, enjoy too, and I'll support it.
2: Yeah, I, like I said, I had fun. Uh, I, I thought we got get a character progression for uh the flash uh, ezra miller gave his be- their their best excuse me uh, performance in this role. i think throughout the course of his time in this role, um i got to see michael keaton probably one last time and i got a cool statue that i never had when i was younger because of it so that's a win for me uh you know uh, i got to see you know much like george himself I've reconciled my hang ups with with Batman and Robin and it was I, I had fun seeing him again uh, to acknowledge his time in, in, in the Batman role and I got to see Nicholas Cage yeah as Superman something that I never in a million years thought would actually see the light of day this was a love letter to DC continuity on film and it was a damn good flash movie and I'm glad it, it's happened I'm glad it's here through all the ups and downs of the DCU, it happened and regardless of my stance on various different movies I, I'm, I'm glad we have these movies uh and this was a good close you know if Aquaman proves to be a standalone adventure so be it and now I'm ready for what James Gunn has in store so it all, it, it's all good uh, but if we had to rate grade this thing letter grade, what would you give it, Chris?
0: I give this movie a B plus. Uh, it's not quite on A level for me, um, but I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fun movie, and I I'm sad that you know, based on the box office, we might not see a continuation of this uh, this character in this storyline. Um, I would really like for that to happen, but. Um, overall I enjoyed it and I will recommend it to other people. And like I said, I'll buy it when it's out to to own.
2: Yeah, I think, like I said, I, I, I didn't have any major issues with it. I'm going to go ahead and give it an a minus, uh, just because again, it gave me things that, that, that I never thought I would see. It was part of a larger multiverse, but it also stayed squarely on the flash and you know i I really had fun with it like i I, it's one that i think will have a high rewatchability uh for me so yep it's it's an a minus for me um and like i said for those people that that haven't seen it give it a chance uh see for yourself uh but i have a feeling that it will have a, a, a better a better life on uh digital and home media uh despite its its box office uh, troubles so uh, i look forward to people discovering it and hopefully the narrative will uh, will change around it but I, I had a blast and i'm glad i saw it uh so it's an a minus for me so that brings our review of the flash to a close uh but if you want to talk with us about the film or anything else uh coming down the pipe for dc in the future you can on social media chris where do they track you down
0: well i'm on twitter uh my handle is at chris n harrelson or you can search for commodore schmidlab and you will find me um and then adam will uh get this video up on the youtube channel and so if you have any comments there i should see him
2: awesome if you want to track me down on social media, it's at Adam underscore Lee's fan on Twitter. Uh, 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 the podcast network has its own channel at MMNPVC. Chris mentioned the Facebook group. The link is in the description below. Click that. I will add you. And we can continue the conversation there if you so choose. But until next time, remember that the Flash is forever from his first interaction with a batman to the last so long everybody